this episode of Banner Health's Making the Round podcast, we're going to be continuing our series of women's gynecologic cancers. Today, we'll be discussing endometrial cancer, new staging with sentinel lymph nodes, and a new approach to genetic testing and current therapies. Making the Rounds dives into medical topics with those who know them best, healthcare providers. My name is Bridget, and I'll be your host for today's episode. If you're new to our podcast, thank you for tuning in. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. With me today is Dr. Ahmed Alniami, gynecologic oncology specialist and gynecologic oncology section chief at Banner MD Anderson Cancer Center. And joining us remotely from Colorado is Dr. Robin LaCour, gynecologic oncology specialist at Banner MD Anderson Cancer Centers at Banner Northern Colorado and Banner McKee Medical Centers. Thank you, Dr. Alniami and Dr. LaCour for joining me today. Thank you so much for the invitation and thank you for tuning in to this important podcast as any podcast that talks about medicine and cancer and especially women's cancer is close to our hearts. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm excited. Dr. LaCour, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Robin LaCour. I'm a gynecologic oncologist. I am currently practicing in Northern Colorado. I am originally from Louisiana and did my residency at UT Southwestern Parkland Hospital in Dallas, Texas. I did my fellowship at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. I originally was practicing in Louisiana for about seven years after I finished my fellowship and I've now been in Colorado for a little over five years. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Alniami, can you give us a little background? This is Ahmed Alniami. I'm the GUAN oncologist here at the Banner MD Anderson Cancer Center, Section Chief. Uh, finished my training as general surgeons and GUAN oncology at the University of Wisconsin and moved here to sunny Arizona and the beautiful Valley of Phoenix to not only practice uh, GUAN oncology, but to start a program and expand it and provide the healthcare to the women in the valley. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Today, we're talking about gynecologic cancers, and we're talking about endometrial cancer. Dr. Alniami, what is endometrial cancer? Well, endometrial cancer is a, is a name given to a cancer emerging from the endometrium. The endometrium is a medical term given to the lining of the uterus. Endometrial cancer is actually the most common gynecologic cancer in the United States. We have in the United States uh, somewhere around 60 or 62,000 new endometrial cancers in the last year. And unfortunately, this endometrial cancer numbers are increasing every year and for reasons that we will explain in a minute. The most common reason for endometrial cancer is the axis of unopposed estrogen that stimulates the lining of the uterus and ultimately will lead to changes of all those cells in the lining of the uterus or in the endometrium to turn into cancer. The excess unopposed estrogen usually comes from the excess body weight that usually uh, produces a lot of estrogen. This estrogen goes and stimulates the lining of the uterus, and if it's unopposed, as it naturally is, will lead to a higher endometrial cancer chance. Now, this being the most common reason for endometrial cancer, there are rare but yet important reasons for having endometrial cancer, which is the genetic predisposition. There is an inherited reasons for having endometrial cancer, the most common genetic disease that we deal with and we have seen to cause this cancer is what we call the Lynch syndrome. And this is a growing but an important reason. And it is important to know the genetic predisposition for endometrial cancer because the treatment down the road might be different, but more importantly, it will propagate the patients to, be, uh, to know that they are at risk for other cancers. 
Dr. LaCour, can you share with us who's at risk for endometrial or uterine cancer and what are the signs and symptoms? Most commonly, we find endometrial cancer in women that are over the age of 50. And what they typically present with are the signs and symptoms that we usually see are things like pelvic pain, abnormal vaginal discharge, frequent urination. Um, and actually, the most common sign and symptom that we see is going to be vaginal spotting or abnormal bleeding that might occur between periods or even more specifically, um, after menopause in patients that have already been through menopause. As Dr. Aldiami mentioned, there's also a very strong association between endometrial cancer and obesity. And these symptoms are typically a warning sign for uterine cancer. They don't necessarily mean that there's a uterine cancer present, but patients who are experiencing uh, these things should definitely be seen by their physician as soon as possible so that they can be evaluated. Dr. LaCour, how is endometrial cancer diagnosed? Well, we usually start with an ultrasound and what's called an endometrial biopsy. And this is a sampling of the lining of the uterus that can actually be done most of the time in the clinic or in the outpatient setting. After the patient has the biopsy, it may be recommended that the patient have a CT scan. And that would depend on the results of that biopsy specifically. Based on these exams, um, the evidence-based treatment is typically surgery. In that case, we would remove the uterus, ovaries, and fallopian tubes, and then do an evaluation of the lymph nodes. Endometrial cancer can be diagnosed in many stages, and the stage of the cancer is defined by what we find at surgery. So specifically, the size of the tumor, the depth of the tumor, and whether or not the tumor has spread out of the uterus, either to the lymph nodes or in other places of the body, and that we call metastasis. So after surgery, the treatment that would be required is going to be dependent on what stage the cancer is diagnosed at, which again is determined by the surgery. So depending on the stage, patients may require radiation with or without chemotherapy or sometimes hormone-related therapies. You mentioned spreading to the lymph nodes, and our topic today is endometrial cancer, new staging with sentinel lymph nodes. Dr. Alniami, can you share with us a little bit more about this staging of the sentinel lymph nodes? As Dr. Lukor said, that the standard or gold standard care of endometrial cancer is not only removing the uterus, the tubes, with or without the ovaries, depending on the patient's age, uh, but really assessing the lymph nodes. And the reason for assessing the lymph nodes, because we know from past experiences and from literature that the worst prognosis of endometrial cancer comes when the uterine cancer or the endometrial cancer spreads to the lymph nodes. So assessing the lymph nodes, and as Dr. LeCour said, the assessing the metastasis that happens to the lymph nodes is monumentally important because it not only changes the stage of the cancer, but actually it changes the way we approach and we treat those patients. Now, most patients do not have metastasis to the lymph nodes, but if such a metastasis happens, then it's really important for us to A, know it is, B, remove it, and C, customize the treatment to that patient accordingly. Previously, we used to remove all the pelvic 
and what we call the paraaortic lymph nodes. Those are the areas that usually drains the uterus and the cervix. And so those are the areas that we most commonly think that the cancer will go to. So previously, we used to do what we call systematic lymphadenectomy, meaning removing of all the lymph nodes in the pelvis, both right and left, as well as in the aortic area, all the way to the kidneys. Now, obviously that, as we know, takes longer time in surgery, has more complications, and more importantly, it exposes the patients to a higher risk of what we call lymphedema or swelling in the legs because we basically interrupted the flow of the lymph nodes or the flow of the lymphatics from the legs back to the body. So that being said, we started to think about minimizing the lymphadenectomy by doing what we call a targeted lymphadenectomy to only when indicated. And there has been many ways to target those lymphadenectomies, whether this is by done by a preoperative ultrasound or MRI or an intraoperative operative assessment of how big the uterus is. But of course, the new technology catches up, and now we have a new technology called the Sentinel lymph node. And I would love to have Dr. Lacour talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, absolutely. So a Sentinel lymph node, by definition, is going to be the first lymph node in the chain that's draining a specific organ. So here we're talking about the uterus. And we know from the studies that have been done regarding the assessment of sentinel lymph nodes in uterine cancer, that these lymph nodes or the first lymph nodes in the chain that we can identify have been shown to adequately represent the status of the rest of the lymph nodes. So instead of having to remove all of the lymph nodes in a certain area, we can typically now remove just one or two that we know are draining the organ in question. The advantage of doing sentinel lymph nodes is that it will decrease the chance of lymphedema, which is what Dr. Alniami just referred to. So you have much less chance of getting the swelling in the legs if you remove fewer lymph nodes. And another advantage of doing a sentinel lymph node biopsy is also, you know, as Dr. Alniami mentioned, it will really decrease the operative time. So the amount of time that the patient is in the operating room under anesthesia, being asleep, and that it also minimizes the potential complications or injuries to the things surrounding the lymph nodes, which specifically would be the important blood vessels in the pelvis, as well as the nerves within the pelvis. Now, technically, the way that this is done is that in order to identify the sentinel lymph nodes, we are typically injecting a dye into the cervix or uterus at the beginning of the procedure while the patient is asleep. We use a special dye, it's called ICG, and then we have a camera with a special filter on it, which allows us to see where this ICG dye goes, and it will turn the lymph nodes that we're looking for green into color as they travel, as the dye travels into the lymph nodes. That way we can see and identify the sentinel lymph nodes Again, usually that means it's directing us to the first lymph node in the chain, and then we will remove just those lymph nodes that are lighting up with the green dye. Occasionally, we'll find about maybe 10 or 15% of the time that we can't really find the sentinel lymph node. Maybe the dye didn't go into the right place. It didn't get taken up by the lymph node. And then we have to use just our knowledge of different risk factors within the endometrial cancer spectrum to understand if we need to do what's 
called a systematic removal of all the lymph nodes in that area or what we call a full lymphadenectomy on whichever side we did not identify a sentinel lymph node. The good thing about this, again, I'll just reiterate, is that you know, when we can remove only a few lymph nodes or one or two lymph nodes on each side, we have the advantage of you know, being able to stage the patient's cancer, having less time in the operating room and less complications. We don't yet know what the impact is as far as overall survival or long-term survival in patients when we only remove the sentinel lymph node um, has not been validated because these studies in uh, sentinel lymph nodes are fairly new and we don't have enough follow-up for all these patients yet to know about their overall survival. Um, but many centers, including our own, have adopted this technique for the advantages that I mentioned. In a scenario like this, um, when we talk about survival rate and we talk about outcomes, would genetic testing be beneficial in treatment and diagnosis of endometrial cancer? Genetic testing is useful in some patients with endometrial cancer, and that comes along, I think, mostly uh, there's just a recent heightened inpatient awareness about genetic mutations. And there's a lot more knowledge and marketing out in the general public about genetic testing because everyone wants to understand how hereditary cancers work and if they're at risk. We do what we consider to be screening tests on every endometrial cancer. That helps us determine if a patient would need to go on to full genetic testing. And I think that's a really interesting topic. And we'll discuss that a little bit more in our next podcast because indeed definitely patients with endometrial cancer some of these patients may find that if they do genetic testing it will be discovered that it did originate from a genetic or DNA alteration. Thank you Dr. LaCour for that information and we definitely look forward to our next conversation in the upcoming podcast. Dr. Alniami, any closing remarks? Yeah, thank you so much again for uh, this wonderful podcast. And I think we always, and I, as I personally always like to end with uh, good notes, notes of hope. We know that uterine or endometrial cancer is the most common gynecologic cancer, yet it's one of those most hopeful ones, as I call it, the cancer of hope, is uh, a cancer that you can survive. And I encourage, however, our all our patients to seek knowledge understand, ask questions, seek centers that have multidisciplinary approaches, uh, like the one that we have here in the Banner MD Anderson Cancer Center or in North Colorado with uh, Dr. LaCour. A multidisciplinary center is a center where a Jew oncologist does not practice alone. Um, that Jew oncologist practices with a pathologist, a radiation oncologist, medical oncologist, genetic counselors, social workers, nurses, and the whole center is is really centered around the patient and then provide this 360 degrees care that they will ultimately be able to survive it and move on with their lives. It is always a pleasure to have our patients say thank you and um, we would like not to see you ever again. And this is always a music to all our ears. So although you know, as a closing remarks, I think it is important for us to always remember the word cancer doesn't have to be scary. Um, having or visiting a cancer center doesn't have to be a stigma or, a, or something that people fear. With all the technologies and the knowledge and the multidisciplinary approach, um, we are beating cancer and will continue to do that.
Thank you, Dr. Al-Niyami, and thank you, Dr. LaCour, uh, both of you. Thank you for your time to speak with us today and educate us on endometrial cancer and the new staging with sentinel lymph nodes. Thanks so much. If you want to learn more about gynecological cancers or the oncology programs available at Banner MD Anderson Cancer Center, please visit us at bannerhealth.com forward slash cancer for more information. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Making the Rounds. <music>